You now tuned in to the Gunk Town Podcast. I'm your boy Doug B. We ain't got nothing to talk about, but we got something to talk about. Let's go. Good people, good people, good people. Welcome back to the Gumptown Podcast, episode 114. I'm your boy, Doug B. If you tuned in to this podcast, thank you for your time and your attention. I really appreciate you giving this podcast a shot. Today's guest is the founder and owner of Lorraine's Bake Shop. I'm looking forward to this conversation, and I'm sure we'll all be inspired by her story. Let's chop it up with Lorraine Richie. Lorraine, how's it going? Oh, it's going really well. Thank you. How are you? Glad to hear that. All is well on my end, too. First things first, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to speak with me a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, ma'am. Of course, we're here to talk about Lorraine's Bake Shop and all the great things you have going on in business. But before we talk business, let's get to know the woman behind the brand. So I know you were telling me that you were born and raised in New Jersey. What was your upbringing like coming up in New Jersey? Um, so I was born and raised in South Jersey, um, as we called it. So not the typical, um, you know, North Jersey congested, uh, New York style living. Um, the Southern end is pretty rural, um, lots of farmland, um, very calm and, and laid back, easygoing. So it was a, it was a good upbringing. It was a nice area to be in. Oh. That's amazing. You just gave me some education. I, I thought all of New York and New Jersey was the hustle and bustle, fast paced, taxi drivers um, everywhere. But you grew up no. in a rural area. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, yeah, the bottom half is actually why it's called the Garden State. Mm, wow. There's another, some more education, the Garden State. Because I was curious why Jersey was called the Garden State. I never bothered to go to Google or Wikipedia doing my homework, but you just gave me some education. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> awesome stuff. So growing up in South Jersey, I'm sure that's where you did your schooling. So after you finished up mm-hmm. high school, did you go to college, military, or did you go right to work? I did not. I went right, um, right into the workforce and then um, got married early on um, and started a family. Okay. Good stuff. Great stuff. How long did you all remain in Jersey before relocating? Did you come right to Montgomery after Jersey or did y'all make a couple other stops? Um, No. In 2019, March, um, is when we made the move from New Jersey to Montgomery. So we've only been here just a little under five years. Okay, nice. So was there any culture shock when you moved to Montgomery from New Jersey? If so, let's talk about some of those. Sure. Um, No, not as much as you might think, Um, mostly because we were in South Jersey. Um, So we, you know, we were used to a a little bit slower of a pace. Um, The the things that were different, um, of course, uh, it is uh, much more diverse here than the area that um, my husband and I, my parents and I uh, lived and grew up in. Um, and, um, you know, we live close to downtown, so, you know, that's a little bit, that's a a little bit of a change from what we were used to. Um, but it's, it's been a really easy transition for, for all of us, honestly. Okay. That's good stuff. It was, that's great to hear that you were able to, you all were able to move down and transition really well. So here's the million dollar question in terms of just culture shock. What about the humidity? 
versus here. Here versus New Jersey. I know that August humidity in New Jersey is nothing like it is in Alabama. <laughs> that is true. I mean, it, it gets humid um, in New Jersey as well. But, yeah, the heat hits different here for sure. <laughs> for yes, sure. I've been here my whole <laughs> life. So, trust me, I already know the humidity is far from friendly, especially around August. But that's amazing that yeah. you all were able to make the move down to Montgomery. And I'm that's very commendable that you all were willing to make that change after being in South Jersey all those years. What was the spark that inspired you all to want to make a change? Um, well, the funny thing is um, we really were not looking to make a change. Um, I had started playing around with um, sugar cookies and decorating sugar cookies around 2012 and by 2014, I had an event planner from Montgomery reach out to me through Instagram and asked if I shipped cookies, um, which I did not at that point. But I felt like it was an opportunity that I didn't want to pass up. So I learned how to ship decorated sugar cookies to Montgomery and um, did that for about two years. Um during that time period, um, the event planner would, you know, kind of joke and say, so when are you going to move to Montgomery and open a shop? And um, at that point in our lives, our kids were um, either like just in their teens or approaching their teens. Um, my husband had gone through a job layoff with a company that he was with for almost 20 years um, you know, he had exhausted the, the job search in our, our uh, tri-city or, uh, you know, in our area. And um, there was just something that sparked in, in our hearts and our minds. And we, we just kind of played around with the idea, like, could that be a possibility? Um, we felt like we wanted more um, than what, you know, our home area could offer. And so um, I was invited to do cookies for one of the Christmas um, governor's mansion tours. And uh, so we decided to deliver <laughs> the <laughs> cookies uh, from New Jersey to Montgomery. And um, that was our first visit. I believe that was in 2015. Um, and that was that was the start of, um, yeah, just really pursuing Montgomery and um, you know, what we would need to do in order to make that happen. Wow, that's amazing. And I appreciate you for sharing and being transparent about just where you all were in yeah. South Jersey and job layoff stuff, been there, done there. I know how they go and just you all were willing to make that change. And you got connected with an event coordinator here in Montgomery and what started mm -hmm. out as just shipping cookies ended up being where you all relocated. So I want to yeah. back up a little bit just in terms of you being a baker and what you do in the business now, when did you first discover this gift or this love for baking? Um, I, I have always preferred dessert over a meal. Um, I never really enjoyed cooking, but I liked baking. Um, probably it probably set in most, um, when my children were younger, um, after having my fifth, um, I just, you know, things kind of felt a little bit out of control. We had also started homeschooling right after our fifth was born. And so life was a little chaotic. 
And honestly, baking up a batch of chocolate chip cookies seemed to be the one thing that I could control, that I could start and I could finish, and it was good. Um, and so, you know, that turned into, um, you know, having events and, and being asked to bring something, I would bring chocolate chip cookies. And so eventually at our church, you know, our cookies or my cookies would be invited to, you know, the, the upcoming event <laughs> rather than me being invited. You know, they'd say, oh, are your cookies coming? And so that was just kind of a fun little joke, um, you know, that we had going. But um, that was probably the start of it, the real true start of my baking journey. OK, awesome. Awesome. I'm in the same boat, Lorraine. I don't I love dessert myself. And I read a sign I was in Atlanta recently and I was at a hotel and I read this sign and it made, made me chuckle. And I'm pretty sure you can relate. It said life is short. So eat your dessert first. And I agree. 100%. Yes. <laughs> I, I do too. I do too. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. That's amazing. So your first event that you actually delivered those cookies to Montgomery, did you all stick around at the event? And if so, what was the reception of your cookies? Um, sadly, we were there before the, um, before the tours, uh, had started, we came down over Thanksgiving weekend or week. Um, but we brought down, we pre-baked, um, four, four different flavored sugar cookies in little two inch sized, um, shapes, and then packaged up small containers of the royal icing that we would use to put on the cookies. But we bagged them all together and called them mini dippers. And so we did a ton of those in our hotel room and then attached a little cookie cutter and a business card. So whomever we met while we were here, we would hand out, you know, the bag of cookies and introduce ourselves. Um, and that that went over well. People really enjoyed that. Okay. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. That's amazing stuff. So Lorraine's Bake Shop. Mm -hmm. So what would be, if someone asked you to give an elevator pitch just to describe what you do and what you got going on over at Lorraine's Bake Shop, what would be your, your 30 second commercial? Oh, my 30 second commercial. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> well, um, let me, let, let me ask the question in a better way. Just in terms it. it <laughs> Just in your own words, what is Lorraine's cake, Lorraine's Bake Shop? Um, so Lorraine's Bake Shop. Now, since we have a storefront, um, we are a place that celebrates community through cookies and other baked goods. Um, we want to help celebrate um, all of life's victories, no matter how small. Um, or large, or um, honestly, even somber. Um, I've done a few memorial sets of cookies for families who have lost loved ones. And um, that really brings what we do to a, a totally different level. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, our tagline is cookies created for community because I started out with just cookies. Um, we love to support the local community, the small businesses, um, you know, just, just the people that, um, that come through our doors. We want them to feel seen and known and loved and to walk out feeling like family. That's an amazing elevator pitch to me. Talk, you said that's a tough one and you knocked it out the park. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So 
you moved here in 2019 and mm-hmm. shortly in a year after you all moved here, of course, we all know what happened, the pandemic mm-hmm. and a very uncertain time, very tumultuous, people's lost lives, jobs, a lot of bad things, a lot of interesting things happened during that time period. How were you able to pivot and stay afloat in business during that time period? Um, so at that point, um, I was a home-based baker under the cottage food law. And um, it we found that the pandemic didn't affect us too much because, you know, I was alone in my home. Um, and so instead of meeting my, my customers for pickups on the front porch, I would just put their order on the front porch and we started front, front porch pickups. Um, prior to that hitting, um, and then once it started to lift, we would also open our front porch up and set up like a shop, um, like a front porch pop-up. And so that was like our way of, you know, having a little bit of a shop experience. But um, back to the pandemic, we, you know, we could still take orders. People were still finding ways to celebrate, even if it was, you know, just within, um, you know, their confined four walls. Um, And we also started doing a lot of decorate your own cookie kits. And so you would get um, six different six cookies, three different shapes. So if it were Easter, you would get two rabbit, you know, rabbit head cookies, uh, an Easter egg, and maybe a carrot, and then a few different colors, um, bags of icing, and then coordinating sprinkles. And so that became something that families could you know, enjoy with their kids, help to keep their kids occupied, um, especially once schools, you know, went on lockdown and uh, nobody was leaving the house. Um, it was a good activity. Uh, so we really had, we actually had a good year during that. Wow, that's was, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You all were able to pivot and pass off to you for getting creative with the front porch, set them out on the front porch delivery, and then also incorporating the pop-up shop on the front porch because. To your point, during that time, we still found a way to celebrate. We still found a way to to do Thanksgiving and Christmas. And although it was it was a bit interesting because, you know, we had to be spread out or we had to be outside. Uh, I think it's amazing that you were able to pivot and make the necessary adjustments to stay afloat because. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. That's that's powerful. So a home based baker, you were successful during the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. that's amazing. And you pivot over into a storefront. So whenever I have entrepreneurs on the platform, I like to talk about three things. I like to talk about their aha moment, action, mm-hmm. and audacity. So you already baking, you are already doing great in business. I want to know what sparked the idea to take your business from home-based and open up a storefront? I mean, honestly, going back to 2014-ish, when the event planner asked that one simple question, when are you going to move to Montgomery and open a shop? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure it was a, a lighthearted, um, not not a very serious inquiry on his part. Um, but I always, you know, always felt like I wanted to own my own business in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, in high school, I thought I wanted to be a hairdresser. Um, that that route didn't happen. Um so I guess that little seed was always, you know, tucked away in my spirit. Um, but that that one simple question was what did it? Hmm. 
Amazing. Yeah. And and you did mention that that question. And so just in terms of after the pandemic and everything that had occurred. So mm-hmm. when when was that that one question? When was it when when was that dream reignited? When did it um when did you basically because of course it, it was after 2014, but after the pandemic yeah. and after you all moved down here, like when exactly was that 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 dream or that question reignited during the pandemic? Well, it never, you know, that it, it never went out. Like okay. there, there really wasn't a reignition. It was something that we felt would, you know, always become a thing at some point. Um, right before the pandemic, I believe we looked at um, we looked at a location, you know, as a possible storefront. Um, and then the pandemic hit and things changed. Um, you know, we we just kind of kept our hands open um, and really just let God lead us. Uh, we looked at a second location after, um, you know, after the pandemic was pretty much over with um, and that, you know, that one did not work out either. Um, and then decided to look at the space that we're in now. And um, yeah, I mean, there were some times that we didn't think that this would work out either, but um but it did hmm. <laughs> even better than we anticipated. Absolutely. And that's amazing that you mentioned that like the name, the dream never died. Like it was a like the fire. It, yeah. it never got put out. You, you always knew you wanted to do exactly what you're doing now. So ultimately mm-hmm. you, you had the business, you had the idea, you made the move forefront and it takes mm-hmm. courage. It takes audacity. Like a uh, granted, you got the, spark from that event plan in 2014 but it still takes courage and audacity to actually follow through Absolutely. Who or what? yes ma'am who or what gave you that courage that audacity to actually follow through with that dream and come with it and start your storefront um it it's honestly it's our faith in um in god in the lord um that gave us that audacity um just seeing how he worked in our lives, um, you know, prior to, um, his faithfulness, um, you know, knowing that he has incredible plans for our lives that we can't even fathom. Um, you know, and now on the other side, like we're, we're living it. Like we, we didn't even imagine that we could be, um, located on Dexter Avenue. We thought that that could be, you know, that would be out of our reach. Um, you know, it took us five years, like from when that original question was asked um, before we were actually able to sell our house. And so there were a lot of moments over those five years where we really questioned and wondered if it would ever happen. Um, but we felt compelled to continue to pursue it, to continue to take those steps, um, you know, and just see see what would happen. And we realized um you know, that there was a good possibility that it wouldn't happen. And the whole purpose was something completely different. Uh, We got to the point where we, again, like kind of released the clench of of our hands and, and said, all right, God, if, if Montgomery is not the end goal, then give us new eyes to see, you know, what it is you, you have for us here. Um, And honestly, after that, our house went off the market, we decided to, possibly revisit it in the following spring. And uh, we got a phone call about a week or two after the listing ran out and uh, a couple saw our, our listing still sitting on Zillow. And, um, you know, it turned out that it was exactly what they were looking for. 
um, you know, they had prayed about living in that area and they were ready to take that next step with their, you know, grow their family. And, um, you know, it just became a really wonderful testimony of God's goodness and his faith um, that we were able to share with this young couple who still had to sell their house. You know, and we said, listen, like this house is yours, however long it takes. We know that God is faithful and he will see this through. Um, and it only took a, maybe two months, maybe three. I can't quite remember um, for them to be able to sell their home. And, you know, we all were able to make the transition. Yeah. Wow. And that, that was in March of 2019. Wow. What a testimony. And that's really all you need in terms of audacity, just God's faithfulness yeah. and not only just believing in God, but being obedient and not losing hope, not giving up. Because in that time period, Lorraine, it would have been very easy for you all to just give up on the dream. And you know what? Oh, Montgomery absolutely. isn't. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You know what? Montgomery is a, <laughs> a foreign land to us. We know South Jersey. We're familiar. We'll stay here. We're not going to worry about selling our house. But just hearing you tell that story and give that testimony, it just speaks to what happens when we're obedient. Because our plans, I truly believe this, Lorraine, God laughs at our plans. Like our plans are always, you know what, I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to move here. Our plans never involve any obstacles. It's always, oh yeah, peaches, it's always peaches and cream. It's always, it's going to be. <laughs> but see, you know what? God takes our plans and he, he takes us on a journey to see if we really want it, you know? He really does. It's <laughs> so true. And, you know, and sometimes it really is just to see if we'll be obedient, hmm. you know, like, uh, Abraham and Isaac, you know, he, he God asked Abraham to take Isaac up to the mountain to perform a sacrifice. And he was all ready to do it. And God was like, wait, hold up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like change of plans, you know, but thank you for your obedience and your faithfulness and trust. Like, and that's really where we got to, um, you know, in, in our journey, um, was like, okay, like we, we know, we know that you are good. We know that your plans are good. And um, it was not the first time in our lives that, you know, we had our sights on something and had to, you know, release it back and go, all right, God, you do your thing. Um, so not that that made it easier, but, you know, we were, we were familiar with the concept and how he works in those ways. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I, 100%. I'm on board with that as well. It's terms of just being obedient, being patient. And listen, it's not going to be easy. Anything we ask for, like I said, it's not going to be a straight and narrow path. It's going to be some bumps and bruises. It's going to be some curveballs. <laughs> and it's going to be some days where, and I've been there, and I'm pretty sure you've been there. You, it's, it's going to be some days where you start to almost want to question God, like, why are you taking me through this? Like, why am I, yeah. like, like, why, why me? And then, when you get to the other side, it all makes sense. Like, you know what? I get it now. I understand why you wanted me to go through X, Y, and Z, because if I had got what I wanted, when I wanted it, how I wanted it, I wouldn't have appreciated it like I do now. Right. Right. That is so true. I think we, we tend to give up on ourselves way too early, you know, but we're, like right before we're approaching that finish line, we're like, oh, it's too hard. Never mind. Um, you know, but we were made to do hard things and we were made to, um, you know, endure those, those sorts of trials. Not that we want to, it certainly is not fun. Um, but you know, that was, that was a big push for me too, because our, our oldest child, by the time we left was already out on his own. And, um, you know, I thought I just, 
I want all of my kids to know that we can do hard things. And, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But the point is to to do it, to try to take that step to break out of the comfort zone or, you know, the complacency and, you know, really go go for what we think or others think is impossible. Um, I would have never imagined that I would move you know, 900 miles away from where I was born and grew up. I left my parents, um, which they ended up following us and they live here now too in Montgomery. Um, But as an only child, that was huge for me. You know, I didn't go to college. I didn't go away. Um, And so to, you know, to truly leave home like that, that was, that was big. And that was hard. It was really hard. That first year I cried every holiday. Um, cause we were used to hosting our families for, for, you know, all of the holiday meals. And now it was just our little family pod, which was great, but it was so different. Um, so I guess in those respects, kind of jumping back to like the, the transition, um, you know, that was the hard part, like those personal things being in Montgomery was not hard at all. We absolutely loved it. Um, but just getting used to not having our family around was the, was the struggle. I can only imagine. I, and I definitely, and once again, I appreciate your transparency and your testimony and just, but in the end, like you just said, you moved down here, you trusted God, you were obedient and now your parents live here. So everything worked out. It ended up working it, out. <laughs> it did. It truly did. <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. So you find a location for your storefront on Dexter mm-hmm. Avenue, which you currently still are there rocking and rolling, doing great things. So, Take us back to grand opening day when you finally opened the doors. What was that like? What was that experience like for you? Sure. Well, we um, we actually haven't done a grand opening yet. We oh, my apologies. <laughs> no, not a problem. Not a problem. We wanted to. Um, we just wanted to kind of get in and get our footing. Um, you know, at home, I you know I just did custom orders. Uh, for the decorated sugar cookies. And then we would go, you know, we would do events or pop-ups, you know, at different locations. And my husband started helping and adding in like your classic cookies, such as chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, um, so that I didn't have as much of the sugar cookie work to do because that it takes forever. It takes, excuse me, it takes hours. Um, And we would do like 40 dozen sugar cookies for a pop-up, you know, all different sizes, all different designs. And so, you know, we've kind of slid into this space with the same type of a setup as far as offering, you know, your classics um, and some muffins, brownies. Um, It's been a surreal experience though. Like I don't know that I've fully, you know, soaked the entire thing in. Um, A lot of the times that my husband and I are both here at the shop, you know, we'll, we'll have moments where we'll say, Hey, guess what? We're doing it, you know, or Hey, guess what? We're, we're on Dexter Avenue. Like, look at this place, you know? And it's just, it's amazing. It's so much bigger than us. Um, So yeah, we're still, we're still kind of, I, I don't know. We're still trying to get used to the reality that, you know, this is where we're at. This is what we're doing. And we can't wait for what's to come. It's going to uh, be good. That's that's amazing. And the fact that you all haven't had an official grand opening, which which and I and I and I misspoke. I should have asked what was that experience like the first day you opened your doors and had your first few customers come in like I and but you pretty much said 
it you all are still just in the moment. Like it, it still hasn't set in that you're doing it. But like you said, you and your husband, sometimes y'all look at each other and y'all just pinch each other. Not really, but you know, just in a sense. Sometimes. Of, <laughs> 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 no, that's, that's absolutely amazing. And I've been down to the bake shop once and uh, definitely enjoyed the cookies, enjoyed the experience. So the space that you have now and the way it's designed, is this how you pictured it to come about? You know, honestly, I did not have an idea as to it, like exactly what I wanted it to look like until until I was in that moment. Um, my personal style is very comfortable, very laid back, easy. Um, my kids joke and say, you know, I just I like old broken things. Um, but there's just something to be said for, you know, vintage or antique um items, furniture, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and I knew that I wanted it to feel like home. I wanted it to feel like an extension of our front porch. Um, you know, front porches are sadly, I think a thing of the past, but the community that a front porch represents is what we wanted to bring to this space. Um, and so, you know, we brought some things that we've already had, you know, from home. Um, we sourced things from Facebook Marketplace and um, Helping Hands Thrift Store. And it slowly started to come together. But I, I really didn't see the end result until the end result. Hmm. That's yeah. amazing, too. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's definitely when you walk into that place and people who are listening to this, eventually when they do come down to visit, when you walk into that place, it's very welcoming. It's very warm. It's very cozy. But I tell you, when you walk into that place, you smell them cookies back there cooking, like whatever they got back there cooking, I know it's good. I'm talking about <laughs> smells amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Thank ma'am. You. Absolutely. So that's, that's great that you, you have the storefront now rocking and rolling. Are you still doing pop-up events or are you just primarily at the storefront these days? Now, currently we are um, just focused on the storefront. Um, sadly, like we've we've had offers and invitations to join into different events. But um, just at this point, you know, with it just being the two of us and my husband still works full time, there's, you know, there we just don't know how to manage being in two places at once or, um, you know, having one of us stay at the shop while the other one goes to an event. Um, we would just much rather do both of those things together. So once we build a team, um, we will then be able to make our appearances out um, in the community again, uh, which we're looking forward to. But for right now, it is it is all about the space. Totally understand. And nothing wrong with that. You all have a system that's working for you all. So if it isn't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes ma'am. Absolutely. So you've done great things with Lorraine's bake shop, but I know great things are coming down the pipeline. And that leads to my next portion, vision. What are some of your short term and long term goals that you have for the business? Okay. Um, well, short term, we um are hiring two people to uh to join us here. Um and I believe their start date will be November 1st. So we're excited about that. Um, we'll have someone that can help with the baking um, because currently my husband has taken on that job after his full-time work is finished. He comes right to the shop and 
you know, bakes every single night. Um, so we've had a lot of late nights. Um, so bringing on a baker will hopefully allow us to get home a little bit earlier. Um, and then having someone to, you know, take care of customers and, you know, keep the counter stocked will allow me to get back into uh, the decorated sugar cookies. Um, I found that to be a total challenge to manage, you know, working on these detailed designed cookies and then, you know, also managing the counter. Um, so, you know, short term, we're excited to bring on two people to, to join this team and allow us to do more things. Um, longer term, we're looking forward to hosting events. Um, we plan to create little date nights here and there with special desserts. Um, you know, we'd love to host musicians, um, cookie decorating workshops, um, you know, pop-ups here for other small business owners that, that want to come out and, um, you know, show what they're selling, um, you know, and just really become, uh, you know, a hub of the community, much like your like a kitchen is in a home. It's where people gather. It's where the conversations are held. It's where the laughter and sometimes the tears take place. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that is, that is an, another goal. Um, and also shipping our, uh, New Jersey and tri-state, you know, friends, uh, have been patiently waiting for us to be able to ship cookies back home. So that's something else that we'll be looking into. That's amazing. Well, as far as the short term, congrats on expanding the team. Thank you. That's amazing. And it sounds like you all are ready to buy back some of your time and you have someone to have people on staff to help you buy back some of their time. So you can focus on, like you said, the more decorative cookies. So that's amazing mm -hmm. that the range bake shop is expanding. And I'm sure long-term goals of creating that hub in a community and being able to ship to your family back in New Jersey, I'm sure you'll make those goals come to fruition because as, as you've already proven, you're going to be obedient. You're going to, be resilient. You're going to make it happen. So I have no doubt that that all come true. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. As we wrap up the podcast, I want to ask a million dollar question. I started this podcast to highlight the greatness connected to the city, whether you were born here or lived here for a significant period mm -hmm. of your life, be it college, military or work. You're moving here in 2019 and currently operating in business here. I want to ask mm -hmm. you, Lorraine, what do you appreciate the most about the city of Montgomery? Oh, that is a million dollar question. Um, off the bat, 100% the people. Um, that is what drew us in the first time that we visited. Um, it is what kept us coming back. Um, we met the best people um, on our visits and they truly made us feel like we were home, like we were already a part of the community, like the business was already, you know, happening. Um, they they just fed our souls with their their kindness and their heart and their spirit and um we just we really are blessed just to be here we we love montgomery we fell in love with downtown montgomery specifically um we love the people and the artist community um the history um as haunting as it is um it has really impact the way that we look at life and the way that we look at one another and, you know, other people. Um, at the end of the day, 
no matter what race, religion, orientation, like whatever, we all just want to be known. We want to be seen and we want to be loved and accepted. And um, that really is the heart of what we do. Um, We want this to be a safe place um, and we want to give back in the way that the community has given to us over the years. Um, Cookies created for community. That is that that's the thing that's you know it's we always said it's not about the cookie it's never been about the cookie the cookie has been the gateway um you know into the heart and um into the love of the people in the community so you know we're putting on pounds we're serving up you know <laughs> serving up the sugar but um you know it's just it's about so much more than that especially being here. Yeah. On Dexter Avenue, it's, it's a sacred and holy street. Um, and that, that is not lost on me ever. Um, I just, I feel blessed to be in this location and, um, hope that I can honor the community in the things that I do and the things that we provide here. Yes, ma'am. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. So Lorraine, how can the people connect with you? What are your social media handles and website? Absolutely. Website is Lorraine'sBakeShop.com. Um, Instagram is Lorraine's.BakeShop. Uh, same with Facebook. And you can email at Lorraine's.BakeShop at gmail.com. Yes, ma'am. Too easy. And of course, I'll put all of that information in the description of the episode. Hey, Lorraine, thanks again for the conversation. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Doug. I really appreciate it, too. This was really fun. Yes, ma'am. Next time you come in, introduce yourself. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I definitely will. <laughs> Absolutely. Good people. That concludes another dope episode of the Gumptown Podcast. In the meantime, in between time, y'all know what to do. Be blessed. Be safe. But most importantly, have the audacity to be you. Go on. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate your time and your attention. Till next time.